Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Hey guys, what's going on? I am back with another episode of The Wake Up Call. And today's episode is going to be a little bit more educational for you and hopefully give you some insights into how to move your body effectively, or hopefully more effectively than what you have been. So one of the things that I I do on a regular basis with the the clients I work with and the people I've coached in the past is assess their movement. I really just watch how people move. And the reason that I do this is because every single joint in your body has a specific function. So each part of your body is designed to do a specific, it has a specific role and it has a primary responsibility to complete. So some of your joints require mobility. So that means movement. They need to be able to articulate and get into specific positions. While other joints require more strength and stability. So being able to hold a static position or maintain a position through movement. I hope that makes sense so far. So some joints should be able to move freely and have a great range of motion. Other joints, you want to remain fairly still as your body moves through space. Okay, so uh, I first stumbled upon this many years ago uh, from Mike Boyle and Gray Cook, a couple well-known strength coaches, and uh, they had a theory, and it's called the joint-by-joint theory. And this theory can basically, it can help identify joint restrictions, it can help prevent injuries, and it also can help to reduce pain, okay? And what I want to try and do is I want to help you understand the prime role of each joint. Once you do that and you understand um, how these parts of your body move, you'll be able to get more out of your training, you'll be able to move less painfully and hopefully with less aches and pains, okay? So that's basically what I'm looking for. Um, I'm gonna go through these individually and hopefully this will make sense. So basically every second joint has the same function and every other joint has the same function. So I'm gonna work from the top and then uh, come down the body. So I'm gonna start at the shoulder. Your shoulder joint is designed for stability. It should be able to move through space, but you also need to be able to make sure that the ball can stay in the socket as you move through space. Your thoracic spine, your upper back, it needs to have mobility. It needs to be able to move freely. It needs to be able to extend, arch, and it needs to be able to rotate as well, twist side to side. Your lumbar spine, your lower back, this should be stable. So that means We really, when you're lifting or when you're moving, especially when you are lifting something under load, you don't want there to be excessive movement. This is how people bulge discs. This is how people get lower back injuries is because their back is not stable. It is moving when it shouldn't be. So your spine, the best way that it absorbs force and pressure is by stacking one vertebrae directly on top of the other. So your spine is not completely straight, first of all. It does have a natural S-curve. Some is more uh, prevalent than others. Some have more of a, a lordosis, more of a sway back, and some have more of a kyph- kyphosis, which is more of kind of like a rounded upper back. 
but your lumbar spine should be stable, okay? We don't want a lot of movement, especially under load in that area. Your hip joint, your hip joint should have a lot of mobility. It should be able to move freely. It is a ball and socket joint. It should be able to flex, extend, adduct, abduct, and also rotate internally and externally. There's a lot of movement that should be found in your hip joints. Then we have the knee. The knee is a stupid joint. That's what I refer to it as because it's really designed for one, and two, one or two things, bending and straightening. Okay, it is a hinge joint. It's not really designed to rotate. And this is where a lot of knee injuries occurs because when we are doing lateral movements, the body is rotating and the knee and the ligaments and the areas around that are not strong enough to cope with that external force or pressure. So once again, we need the muscles around the knee to be strong enough to stabilize and support that joint, okay? And then the last one we have is the ankle. Your ankle should have a good range of mobility, a good range of movement. Again, you should be able to uh, dorsiflex and plantar flex. So that means pull your toes up and then point your toes downwards, like you're putting your foot down on the accelerator. You should be able to invert and evert. So that means take the foot in and out. So you're sort of rotating it inwards and outwards. So if you've ever rolled an ankle, it should have that movement. Uh, hopefully not under load or under any great amount of speed. But you can see each of those joints, it goes stability, mobility, stability, mobility, stability, mobility. And that's why stretching is not always the answer. People who say they have tight hamstrings or, oh, my back's always sore. There's only one thing that uh, makes me feel any good and that's stretching out my hamstrings. What it probably is doing more than anything is giving you a temporary pain relief. And what I've noticed over the years is the people who have back pain, they always do the same thing over and over again and they do it for years at a time and their condition actually never improves, which is absolutely fascinating. I find it absolutely perplexing. People who have chronically tight hamstrings always stretch their hamstrings, but there's no improvement. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's not the hamstring itself. Maybe the hamstrings are actually weak. Hmm, now we're starting to think of things a little bit differently. So stretching isn't always the answer. It can be, but it isn't always. And another thing that often gets sort of vilified is about being tight or being stiff. That's not necessarily a bad thing either. Sometimes being more wound up can actually be more beneficial because you have more stability. You can actually control the positions you get into. So some people are definitely uh, more bendy and flexible than others. That's I 100% understand that. But you also need to be able to control the positions you get into. So you might know a friend or a family member or even seen it on TV or sport growing up is some people are hypermobile. Their joints can hyperextend. So if somebody straightens their arms out, their hand is lower than their elbow. They have more range of motion than most people do. But can that person actively stabilize that position? This is what you need to start to think about. So I've seen it uh, generally more in females. Uh, when people stand up, and I mean stand up straight, so legs completely straight, the knees hyperextend. So the knees are actually behind the ankle bones. And again, what we're doing is we're placing a lot of stress on the ligaments to hold us up rather than making the muscle do the work. So yeah, we need stability, 
but we need to be able to control the positions we get into. So it's very much a case by case basis. And I don't profess to know everything. I'm not a physiotherapist, but I study movement. I've been coaching for 13 years. I watch how people move. It's one of the things that I take a lot of pride in is I watch how people move down to the very smallest detail. So even my coaching clients, they know this is, let's say we're doing like a Romanian deadlift and RDL. I'll see someone's big toe come off the ground or I'll see somebody's shoulders start rounding when perhaps they shouldn't. And that's what we're really looking for. This is how you can identify what areas that you need to work on, okay? So th this is why I always start people off by coming in for an initial consultation. Most people, when they start an exercise routine, they just wanna jump straight in the deep end. They just wanna start training. And I get it, I love training. Training's great. But you also need to make sure that what you're doing is appropriate for your skill level, your previous training history, and your current joint mobility. So if you've been stuck behind a desk for the last 10 years doing zero exercise, it's gonna be unlikely that you're going to be doing highly complex exercises. You're probably gonna start with some of the basic exercises and learn to master them before you progress. All right? Um, so this is where I can get to see you move. I can see your quality of movement. I can see you know what level of body awareness you have. Can you do a squat? Can you perform a lunge? Can you do push-ups? Can you do body rows? Can you move your own body? I don't really care about people pushing a lever or using machines. That's of need, that's of no interest to me. It doesn't tell me how you move and if you can actually move your body under control. All right, so you need to be able to control the joints and the movements you get into. So like I said, I'm not a physio. And the information that I'm gonna share and I have shared is about what I've experienced firsthand and it's what I've studied and what I've learned over the last decade or so. So I have attended seminars and I've studied from some of the best physios in the game. And one of the things that I can let you know is that your source of pain, if you do have pain, whether it's joint pain, whether it's muscular pain, it isn't always the problem. And I remember when I first stumbled upon this and I thought about it and it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, shit, that kind of makes sense. But I'll give you an example. If you do have, I'm gonna use lower back pain because that's quite a common one. We've all kind of experienced it. If you haven't, you are very lucky. Um, lower back pain is not always the cause. It's often the symptom. So if you've got lower back pain, the pain that you're experiencing has been referred or is being experienced in that isolated area, okay? And sometimes it can be because the areas above and below that joint or that area that we're talking about, in this case, the lower back, aren't doing the role and the function that they are designed to do. So if your lower back is sore, you need to figure out why is it sore? Is it the lower back or is the lower back just where we're getting the pain? So if we're looking at lack, uh, one of the things that it could be attributed to is lack of hip mobility. So if you don't have enough movement through your hip joint, which is a ball and socket joint designed for loads of movement, like I said, you should be able to flex, extend, abduct, adduct, and rotate. If you don't have sufficient movement at your hip, your body's going to steal it from the next available place, which is your lower back. So if your hip is designed to move and it doesn't have adequate movement, your lower back is going to be asked to do a job it's not designed for. And if you do have the um, adequate mobility at the hip, it might not be there, it might actually be above. So it might be the upper back being asked to do a role that it shouldn't be doing. 
I hope this makes sense so far. So that's what one of the things it could be. It could be a lack of mobility above or below the joint. But it also might be the fact that you just don't have enough stability. Maybe it is that maybe it actually is. No, the hips are good. We've got full function there. There's no deficits. There's no joint restrictions. That's fine. Thoracic spine, that looks good. Yeah, good symmetry. Rotation left to right. We can extend, can flex, sweet. If you do have enough mobility, maybe it's just the fact your lower back is weak. Maybe the upper back and the glutes are doing stuff they shouldn't because your lower back just simply doesn't have a very high tolerance level for stress or handling any meaningful amount of work. So th this is something to be aware of as well. Your lower back can actually, your lower back should be strong. Your lower back can do, you should be doing some form of direct lower back work uh, to, to maintain that strength and stability through your lumbar spine. And if you never give it the chance to do any of this work, if you're always like, no, 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 don't touch the lower back, don't touch the lower back, you're not giving that chance, you're not giving that area a chance to get strong and to develop that stability. So the bottom line for this is that you should be both mobile, you should have a decent range of motion through all of the joints that I described, and you should also be strong. You should be able to hold these positions. You should be able to get into a deep squat. You should be able to hold that position with a neutral spine. And if you don't know, if you don't have full function or movement in certain joints, that is a red flag. This means it is an area to be developed. It is an area to be worked on. All right. So lack of range of motion is an issue. But another issue is also being weak and not having enough stability at the specific joints that we require of them. So that's why having a quality strength program is so vital. It should address both of these areas, strength and stability, so that you can function optimally and not be held back by your body to do the things that you love. And this is one of the things that really kills me is when people can't do the activities or the tasks that they fucking love doing because their body is letting them down or because they haven't spent enough time addressing the areas they know which have been holding them back. And I, I've heard it all the time. I've heard it over the last 10 plus years is, oh, my hips are so tight, so I can't squat. So then that person doesn't squat and they miss out on all the benefits that squatting can provide for them. Or whether it's, I don't have enough shoulder mobility, so therefore you can't do any vertical pressing. Or maybe you can't even do any chin-ups. And maybe you love doing chin-ups. Maybe it's an exercise you have on your bucket list. If you don't have adequate shoulder mobility, it's very it's gonna be real hard for you to go overhead. That's a That's a red flag. That is one of the tests to see if you can actually go overhead, whether it's pressing or whether it's in fact doing pull-ups, is do you have enough mobility to get overhead? Does your shoulder have enough movement to actually get you there in the first place? So if you're in doubt, what I would highly recommend you do is reach out to a coach. And it's it can be tough to find a good quality coach. I was actually just having this conversation with one of my clients this morning about... Um, just the, the quality and the standard of trainers at commercial gyms, and it, it can be frustrating. I actually had the conversation with two people yesterday, and it's it's unfortunate they, they said that they went in there and they saw some stuff and they're like, oh, that just doesn't look too great, but I'll, that's another topic for another day. But what I would advise you to do is if you do wanna go down the rabbit hole of finding ways to improve your body, whether it be mobility, whether it be just getting really fucking strong, hire a good quality coach, hire someone with a track record, hire somebody who's been in the game for a number of years. 
It's really unfortunate, but the fitness industry has a really high turnover rate. People come in, they get this, they get certified or qualified in six weeks or eight weeks or however long the shortest course is so they can get it done. And then they go and start training people. And it's, it's really sad, it really is. Uh, this is something that I take a lot of pride in. Um, but you have to find, you have to do your due diligence. Have a look, do your research. Does this person have a website? Are they putting out good quality information? Do they train themselves? This is what you should be looking for. So then you can actually say, all right, this person gives a shit. They clearly know their stuff. They've got good recommendations. I feel safe to go and train with them and I know that I'm gonna be in good hands. So that would be my first starting point. Find a quality coach and just go in for an assessment. Don't worry about, you know, you know what are, what are we gonna do in six months or what's the first session gonna look like? Just go and get an assessment. Just let them go and have a look at how you move. That's the first thing. They can't prescribe you a quality training program without actually seeing you move in the first place. So a generic program, it's not what you need. You need something specific for your mobility and your stability. So if you're a, if you're a beginner, if you're a novice, that's fantastic. You have a blank canvas. I enjoy training and working with beginners who they haven't done anything before. That's fantastic. I can help you and I can help you very quickly progress. But also if you're a 10 year veteran, if you've been training for you know 10 years, 10 plus years, then you also have a good background. You've done your squats, you've done your lunges, you've done all of this stuff, but maybe there's a few things that we can tweak to actually improve you. So I think that I have a growth mindset. I'm always striving to improve my level of knowledge and the way that I coach. And I look back at programs that I wrote three, five, 10 years ago and Shit, I look back at them and they're kind of embarrassing. But that's the best I had at the time. But what I'm trying to say here is you need to be willing to get that feedback from somebody. You need to have somebody actually look at you and be like, hey, I think you could do this a little bit better. Hey, your arms are a little bit in front of you. You need to bring. You need to think about pressing backwards if you're doing something overhead or maybe you need to work a bit harder to brace your midsection so there's not so much movement at your low back. Things like that. And that's, that's really the bottom line, guys. Every joint has a specific uh, function, and you need to make sure that you're optimizing your body to get the most out of it, okay? So just to, to quickly recap, uh, the shoulder joint itself, uh, I think I made an error on that one, sorry guys. That should have a lot of mobility. It's a ball and socket joint, just like the hip. So that needs mobility. The scapula, this one I didn't mention, that needs stability. Your thoracic spine needs mobility, needs movement. Your lower back needs stability, needs strength, and being able to hold a position. Your hips need mobility, they need to move 360 degrees. Your knees need stability, they need strength, and they need to be able to hold that position because it's only really designed to bend and straighten. And then the last one, working right our way down to the floor, is the ankle joint that needs mobility. So if you're lacking mobility at those joints, you can do direct work to improve it. And what you often find is strength exercises are actually one of the best ways to improve mobility. So I often ask people, it's like, how do you reckon you can get better at squatting? Well, you just simply squat more. Hopefully better, but the more frequently you do something, the quicker that your body responds to it. If you've never done something before, it's gonna feel weird. But if you keep doing something over and over again, your body is going to adapt. As an organism, your body's incredibly adaptable to improve and develop. So that's really what I wanted to share with you guys today, a bit of education. It's not so rah, 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 but you also need to understand these things. When you become aware of what your body should be doing, um, 
it makes you think about what you're actually doing, especially under load, so lifting weights. When you do things better, you get better results. Okay, so as with anything, guys, information is not power. Information is potential power. You need to actually apply what I'm telling you here into your training. If you just think that's great information and you just lock it away in a cupboard somewhere and never use it again, it's absolutely worthless. So make sure you take what I've told you here today and implement it, invest it, and put it straight into your training. Whenever you're training next, okay, if I'm doing a squat, what joints am I using? Hips, knees, ankles. I need movement at the ankles. I need stability at the knees. I need mobility at the hips. I need, you get the, you get the idea. So I hope that helps you guys. Uh, if you found it educational and it helped you, please share it forward to uh, a friend because this is something, like I said, when I first stumbled upon this many years ago, it had a profound effect on me and also how I coach and now how I train myself as well because I know what joints should be moving. I know how to optimize each and every exercise. So hopefully it can do the same for you or somebody you know. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you very soon for another episode. Cheers. If you loved the wake-up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.